Well, <clears throat> it's 6.57. Is that right? 6.57 here on the 9th of December. And uh, that would be in the p.m. Coming at you with a rare dinner time special here. So go grab your TV dinner in a tray and let's get in the living room and I'll eat off metal plates. We'll be right back. Tonight's episode is being sponsored by the oh-so-great feeling of, hey, uh, do you know if you found some keys of mine here? Oh my god, you did? Oh my god, that's so awesome! Oh my god, yeah, those are my keys! Those are they! Right there, those! Sweet! Thank you so much! Tonight's episode is also being made possible by the people at I'm Not Gonna Walk My Dog Foundation. If I was gonna walk my dog, I probably wouldn't have time for this episode. Back to you, Dave. Okay. What? What? What, you just found out you're not going for a walk? Sucks to be you. How many walks do you need today? Seven? No? Okay. I think three was enough. All right. <clears throat> Having talked my labradoodle off the ledge. Actually, she's kind of on the ledge right now. Don't fall, Phoebe. I mean, you're on the bed. You're not really on the ledge. All right, me and my dog are having a moment, so uh, pause. Okay, so today, maybe we'll tackle that can you be made happy, can you be made sad. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's a good one. Plus, I want to get into theories of uh, Earth stratification. There are... A persuasive camp of people who, if you were going to say, which team has the better marketing? Oh, this one. Uh, in the geological debate, who have convinced, convinced is strong, whose propaganda is so thick that they have uh, essentially emerged as the, as the authoritative voice on what happened in Earth's geological past. In other words, the stuff that happens on the time scales of millennia, millions of years, billions of years. And they force us to look at the Earth in that way because the only way for these rock formations, cliff formations, sandy beach formations, mountainous formations, arid desert formations, whatever... All of it has to occur over the incremental progression of time at the geologic scale. So the cliffs of Dover, white cliffs of Dover, took a billion years to make, or whatever. Because to accumulate all of those particles and all that matter in such a cohesive and structurally uh, impressive um natural for formation, well, you, you just, it takes billions of years. Or, it takes hours, days, hell, fucking minutes to make those same cliffs. And that theory of Earth's <clears throat> geological natural formations is what's called the cataclysmic theory. The one that says, okay, yeah, so long as this planet maintains a 
98.6 degree Fahrenheit tranquility of sandy beach gentle waves and mountaintops of snowy splendor, well then yeah, it would take forever for something to cut through and make a canyon as grand as the one in Arizona. Or, shit on this planet happens a lot quicker. Like, millions of times quicker. The question is, where is the evidence more hmm, convincing? Well, unfortunately, that cataclysm, that shit's got legs. Real legs. In fact, it explains some of the aberrations that when you think of everything just piling up in wind and eternity, gets a whole lot harder to explain. <laughs> All right, I'm pausing. Wait, pause again. I need some... Oh, this is 50-50. Okay, pause. Okay, anytime a bong hit is 50-50 in my world, let's face it, it is not 50-50. It's 100%. The following segment of tonight's presentation will be brought to you by Lemon Kush. When you're looking for a little conversational uptick, get cushy. Get lemon cushy. Back to you, Dave. Well, I'll tell you what. You'd think this episode was being sponsored by Strawberry Cough. But hopefully all that coughing is done. And, um... Okay. So, what is my <coughs> concern here? That brought me to this point of fearing, once again, science is choosing the story that they think will want to hear over the story that's true. <clears throat> well, if you can't get rid of this marijuana frog in your throat, you better go drink some water, right? See ya. Bye. Be right back. Bye-bye, froggy. Uh, okay. Well, let's start with the truth meter. We all have one. It's that constant mm, assessment of the vibrational hum around you as to how uh, dependable that hum is versus uh, any hesitancy you might have that someone could be setting you up or filling you with a story that may not be complete. Well, <clears throat> what I don't understand is why my truth meter Got the service pack one full uh, augmentation enhancements and just started forcing me into areas of knowledge like this one that leave me somewhat unsettled, if not entirely panicky. And the truth meter for me fires off like uh, that feeling of like a shiver going down your spine or up your spine. There's a tingle across my body that happens at times. And it's, it's like a rush of every cell just all of a sudden decides, drop what you're doing and tingle. Because in those moments, I'm well aware that whatever I'm seeing is the truth. Whatever I'm listening to is the truth. Whatever's happening around me this is the truth. Hey, kitty. Fuck. Speaking of truth. Oh, boy. 
Eek, a mouse. Fucking cat, man. Seriously. Got one job to do. Can't even stay in the bedroom and catch this mouse. Fuck, there's a mouse in my house. Mice suck. Well, no, they don't. I had a pet mouse. What's the pet mouse's name? Nigel? Something like that. I mean, when you're an eight-year-old and you have a pet mouse, what are you going to name it? You're going to name it something like Nigel. Uh, hold on. And <clears throat> the the strange thing is, I'm not really sure when it started operating at this capacity. It takes a while before you start realizing that you've got a physical... Uh, uh, what is that? Doubt, water dousing rod? Uh, for the truth. Because much like water dousing, well, you'd have to have that little stick go blah, 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 blah over some water four or five times before you'd even consider the fact that maybe there's a connection. And then to prove that that connection actually exists, well, you kind of have to get enough verification material that verifies to let you know Fuck, man, is that little vibrational ecstasy feeling telling me that I'm finding truth? I'm unearthing lies? It seems to be. Bad throw, sorry, people. And uh, so here we are in this 867-5309 Earth where I'm not going to explain that I know why this is true, but this earth is not one of incremental, one particle of sand blowing around at a time, landscape creation. This earth forms itself in momentous swings of geological significance. In other words, mountains, rivers, oceans, they're made in days. And they happen in events that turn everything so flip-flop upside-downy that the sun stops moving. Things get freaky. If you look across the history of our religious texts, our ancient warnings, it all says the same shit. And the reason that we date all this stuff to be as old as it is, is because we're back engineering the entire theory to fit into what would have to happen for our theory to be correct. But the theory has no supportive evidence whatsoever. We've never observed mountaintops being created over millions of years. If anybody has that camera data, well, please put it on YouTube. We'll all want to watch it. I mean, we won't want to watch it on 1.0 speed. That one would have to be sped up. But having, <sighs> having no evidence doesn't mean that your theory can't be right. In fact, in many ways, the entire theory of millions of years of accumulation of geographical time meets up with what we currently see because we live 80 years we are useless here this is a place where what you think doesn't fucking matter you're a goddamn blip 
on the time of geography being formed. Continents taking shape versus your life? Stop. You have nothing of value to add here. This is a data-driven, data-determined universe and field of study, period. Because what a human thinks here is wrong. So sit there on the Jamaican beach on your honeymoon thinking, there's no way this thing just turns into a land of upheaval. It's too tranquil. And once again, prove you're a human and you're wrong. Think about this. And this has bothered me since I was a kid. What the fuck is a fossilized animal? Oh, well, that, see, that's an animal unlucky enough to have been stuck in a tar pit. Yeah, there was all this, like, syrupy tar just in pits. And if you were stupid enough to put your left foot into one of those, and then it got stuck, well, then you're like, oh, my God, I'm stuck here. And then a whole bunch of mud would fall on you, and you would become petrified. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, see, what what petrified animals are, are animals caught directly in the calamity. Because the enormous pressure, heat, and, uh, and vitrification, mineralization, whatever the process is that substitutes your water molecules for minerals, that shit has to happen in about an hour. In other words, you have to be caught in continents folding over each other. And then guess what? You too could be petrified and make science magazines somewhere like 500 or 5,000 or 5 million years from now. Or all of the above? Pause. All right. Hey, is there anything more fun in the universe than throwing a ball to a dog? Well, yeah. Hitting a ball on a tennis racket to a dog. That is life at its best. Oh, Maxie, I miss you. You were the best tennis ball dog ever. And yes, Millhouse, you were the most athletic motherfucker I ever saw. And Phoebe, you're the nicest thing I've ever known. And Kitty, get to work. Glad to see you showing up for your fucking shift. Been a little bit of scratching in that wall, and I think it's your job to figure out why. Okay, are we recording? Fuck, yes we are. Okay, well, Kitty not in the closet. That ain't gonna work. No, over here. Over here. Oh, goddamn cat. Here, one another throw? Oh, Cougar, you should have had that one. I mean, you're a terrible ball dog, but you should have had that one. Okay, last one. Oh, baby, good catch. Uh, All right. And, well, there's plenty of... (laughs) Plenty of source material in nature to help you decide yourself. Which theory do you think has more legs? Which one describes the tales of yore more accurately? Just because we aren't living in the midst of a great flood doesn't mean great floods aren't happening. That little bit of myopia might be mankind's greatest weakness, or it's one true Achilles heel. Okay, hold on. There, there. Okay, mankind's greatest weakness versus his one true Achilles heel. How are those even different? Your great, your, uh, okay, your greatest weakness 
can be something external, like your inability to say no to sex. So we can use sex against you and get you to do what we want you to do because you're incapable of controlling your sexual urges. Versus your Achilles heel is like, uh, what was the dragon in, in The Hobbit with the chink in the armor? The one spot the arrow could get through? What was that dragon's name? Tor or something? Whatever. Uh, that dragon, much like man, the Achilles heel is the vulnerable spot that takes you out of commission. So there is actually a difference here. Because your greatest weakness doesn't necessarily have to imply that it's something that is a flaw in your system of, of activity, maintenance, whatever, production in the world. No, you can, your weakness can be exposed as something external. Influence. Your inability to discern truth. Could you call that an Achilles heel? I don't think you could. Because an Achilles heel is that flaw that if you had to design the body all over again, you might encase the Achilles tendon in bone. Or at least give it more structural support than just exposed at the base of the heel. That was a design flaw. An Achilles heel but not necessarily our greatest weakness. Because when was the last time you said no? Okay. <clears throat> I, and uh, <laughs> More weed, please. Yes, sir. We agree. All right. I didn't even... Well, yeah, we need more weed. Well, uh, I just made my dog happy when I played ball with her. And then I just made her sad when I stopped playing ball with her. So I guess problem solved. Is, is that all there is to this one? Okay, hold on there, Radar. There's more data coming on the screen, so let's not be so quick to judge. Can a dog be made happy? Be made sad? Probably, right? Because dogs have given their entire hmm, emotional frame of mind over to man in trust. They have agreed that the relationship with us is good enough that they trust us implicitly with everything down to the fragility of their emotional state. Right, Phoebes? Right. And because they don't ask a lot, a little bit of kibble, some hugs, and some walks, to really feel fulfilled, well, I think any of that makes my dog happy the minute it's provided. Even just a scratch on the ear turns her from distracted to in love. Do you love me? But dogs are simple, right? They're not humans. They don't have the emotional expression, though they may have the emotional depth and width. They don't have the emotional expression <clears throat> that a human does. Now, do they have jealousy? Well, hell yeah. You can't feed my dog uh, something that my other dog doesn't get simultaneously. Because otherwise, there will be a jealous fit like you haven't seen. 
And this is back when my other dog was alive. But even now, hell, if I give the cat something, Phoebe wants to know where's her something. Doesn't matter. Like, she's immediately upset that she's not getting something and the cat is. Doesn't matter if the cat's getting a goddamn enema. Phoebe wants one too. It's the way it works. So, <clears throat> the simplicity with which dogs react to emotional circumstances versus a human who can be so full of charade you have no idea what you're actually dealing with. Well, <clears throat> these are the differences in letting go. You don't want to be in a situation where you can be made happy or sad. What the dog puts itself through is in some ways a loss of its own personal uh, liberty. Because if it's truly going to stake out and fend for itself, then it has to be willing to, uh, to suffer the emotional downturn that is not relying on human beings. That's a lot to ask. When relying on human beings means cozy dog beds, water drinking out of the toilet, and a constant supply of milk bones. It's the blue pill. And it's okay to take it. Because life wasn't meant to be hard. Life isn't meant to be upsetting. Life isn't meant to be sad. We're forced into these situations more than you think. But your defense mechanism against that, against that push of influence, is to center yourself in a position where you know how to make yourself happy. Once there, external influence is no longer even relevant, let alone influential. Oh, if it weren't for redundancy, I wouldn't be repetitive, right?